Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Tom, we have good news for our listeners today. Oh, hopefully it's not coupled with bad news, but what is the good news? Well, it's it's not just you and I on the podcast today. We have a guest, so that we'll is save them from our, you know, coming off our hot take episode last week. Um, yes. Right. I think people will be pleased to hear a third voice come into the conversation. It's certainly um, going to raise the uh, intellectual bar from last week's episode. But um, I guess if this is the bad news, we have the benefit of looking at a Zoom screen and there's three of us and I can't help but hear the song from Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Because you have two former practicing attorneys in part turned author. And so um, I'm going to just a little bit sit back and listen to you guys discuss what our guest is bringing to the table today. All right. So let's bring our guest in. So we're pleased to have Adam Pascarella join us today, who's the founder of Second Order Capital Management and the author of Reversed in Part, 15 Law School Grads on Pursuing Non-Traditional Careers. Adam's a former litigation associate at Baker McKenzie and a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania Law School. So Adam, welcome to the podcast. Jay, Tom, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you too. And so as, as Tom was mentioning, and um, I, you know, we, we're kind of uh, all, it, I know Tom isn't a, a former lawyer, nor did he go to law school, but he is an author, as we were talking about before we got on the show today. And um, but you and I have the same experience of having been practicing lawyers who, who left and are pursuing um, non-traditional careers. And I think it's really awesome that you, you wrote this book, which is um, re- relatively recently released, like in the last couple months here, I, I know. And um, I have not read cover to cover yet, but I was mentioning to you beforehand, um, is, a, is an am- amazing book from as far as I can tell from what I've read so far, um, which is a fair amount of it. And uh, you just, I mean, it's impressive. So congratulations to you, uh, job well done. And I wanna dig into that book today. So in any event, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much. And I know both of your authors as well. So you can empathize with the struggle and all of that that goes with creating and publishing a book. So kudos to both of you as well. And I, as long as we're passing out kudos, Jay (laughs) is an excellent author. So if he's heaping that praise on, A, I know it's legitimate because Jay's doesn't BS, but um, if he's keeping that praise on you, I mean, it's it's well-earned because he's an excellent author and writes for a similar audience. So kudos. Well, thanks. Yeah. That, so, that definitely- <laughs> so yeah, well, thank you, Tom. And and, and it's totally genuine. Um, I, I do believe that this was a really, really amazing book. So I want to dig in there, Adam, and start talking about it. And I like, you know, when it comes to writing books, I like digging in sometimes on process questions, because I thought, think it's always interesting to learn about how other people approach a book. Um, and this is, you know, this was, this was a, must've been a labor of love. So how long did this project take you? Because, um, for non-authors, you know, writing a book is much more than just sitting at the keyboard and, and banging out pages. Right. So, but from sort of idea formulation to complete product, like how long did this take? Mm. So from the, the Genesis to the finished product, it probably took, I'd say about four to five years, but the writing process took about three years. So taking a step back, I was a litigation associate at a big firm in New York City where I'm currently located. 
I was practicing for about two, two and a half years when I decided that I wanted to do something else. Back in law school, even in college, I was more, I had more of an entrepreneurial mind. I wanted to start my own business. I didn't know exactly what that was. But along with that, I was just looking for other opportunities outside of the legal field. And Jay, as you know, when you're in law school, it's kind of drilled into you that you have to be an attorney. You have to be a practicing attorney, even though law school arguably sets you up with all of these skills and experiences that you can apply in other domains. And there comes the phrase, you can do anything with a law degree. So you have all these things working together. But at the same time, I'm sitting in my office at a corporate law firm in New York, thinking about doing something else. And I spoke with some of my friends and for, you know, professional uh, contacts that had done something similar, but I wasn't really getting all of the experiences and insights that I wanted and that I thought others would want. Basically, that led me to write this book. I wanted to write a book that would help me and other attorneys that were thinking of doing other things. You know, that It wasn't like they hated the law or we were being pushed out of their law firm. They were just looking for an opportunity or a job that was more fulfilling to, to what they were looking for out of their career. That's what led me to write the book in the first place. Um, the book is, includes my interviews with 15 individuals who have done something similar to, to me and UJ. And between researching the individuals I wanted to interview, interviewing them, you know, transcribing everything, writing introductions, writing key takeaways that did take about three years. It was a side project. It wasn't my main, my main gig or anything. But it does take a lot of dedication to not only get your interviewees lined up, but then put pen to paper and then go through the whole self-publishing process. This book is self-published. So it, it was a long road to get to this point, but I'm extremely happy with the way that it turned out. Yeah. And uh, so I, that, I, that makes sense why it would take that long. I mean, I for my second book, I that's the only one where I really did a lot of subset of interviews with other lawyers and whatnot. That's, it's a lot of work to go through that process. W question for you. Uh, what did, so is, how did you go about, you know, securing these interviews? Like you have some significant people here that many people will um, know of, like uh, Keith Raboy, for example. Um, how did you go about, I guess, reaching out to these folks, finding them in the first place to incorporate them in, into the book, just to give people some perspective. The way Adam wrote this book was organize it by chapter with um, these deep dive interviews with these people who were, um, you know, in law school and practicing law and then left to their non-traditional path that they went on. Um, and so how did, how did you go about that process of securing these interviews and, and um, you know, nailing down who exactly you wanted to talk to? Yeah, so, so just for a little bit more of context, the book is, if your listeners have ever read the Market Wizards series by Jack Schwager or Founders at Work by Jessica Livingston, those are two books that I based my book off of, where you have deep dive interviews into individuals. Each chapter is dedicated to one particular person, and it's basically a Q&A format, and I did that because I wanted the interviewee's words to actually reflect what they were, were saying. I didn't want, I didn't want my my analysis to totally overwhelm their words. Now in the last chapter, it includes my key takeaways, but the, the meat of the book is the interview. So back to your original question, I actually reached out, reached out to Keith first and everything was done via cold email. Uh, all 15 people I had no prior connection with. I didn't know anyone that knew them. Maybe if I dug a little bit different, uh, dug a little bit deeper, I would have found some mutual connection, but it really was finding email addresses online and cold emailing. And, and with Keith, I, it was the first person I reached out to. And the book was, was, I had some idea of what I wanted to write in the book, but I didn't exactly know. So it was kind of a little, little test for me just to see if someone would sign on, if the idea was good. 
And he, he very quickly said he would do it. it. It took a little bit of time to schedule the interview, but he did. And that was, Keith was almost my anchor interview that I had. So when I would go to other people that I was interested in, I would say, hey, I spoke with Keith Raboy. He spent an hour with me talking about his law school experience. You want to join me in this book project? And then from there, I kept building momentum that way. As far as the people that I spoke with in the beginning, I was more interested in the 